Welcome back to Search the Scriptures once again. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with all of our listeners to once again open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more from those rich teachings and truths. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and you are welcome always to this program. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to open up God's Word, to reach out to as many people as we can over the medium of radio, and teach the gospel. We want to help people come closer to God. In fact, we want to help people get to heaven. We keep saying that, and the best way that we can do that is to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some people who believe that God is God, but they don't necessarily believe in Jesus as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Well, the two go hand in hand. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he who would come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a diligent, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And at the same time, John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus tells us that if you do not believe that I am he, in other words, the Son of God and the Lord and Savior, then you will die in your sins. So we must believe in God, and we also must believe in Jesus as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Again, the two go hand in hand. So we want to help you get to heaven. And Jesus said that the only way to God is through him in John chapter 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the only way to salvation is through Jesus as Jesus, or rather as Peter, pointed out in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, that there is only one Savior, and that Savior is none other than Jesus Christ himself. He said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And perhaps the most familiar passage in the entire Bible, at least one of the few most familiar it would certainly be up there near the top few, would be John chapter 3 and verse 16, where Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we want to help you learn about Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and thereby help you learn how to come to God, and thereby learn how to be in heaven for all of eternity. Salvation is only through Jesus Christ. We want to help you be saved. That's what the scriptures really are all about, teaching us about God, about Christ, and about salvation in Christ. Now, many of you are listening on a regular basis. We hear from a great many of our listeners we know that there are many who tell us we listen all the time or every day or close to it. And there are others who listen very frequently, but they don't have the opportunity to listen every day. And then there are others who are listening perhaps for the very first time. Our prayer is that as you listen to this program, you will become impressed with the fact that we do search the scriptures. We teach God's word. We don't just talk about God. We don't just talk about the Bible. It's not a lot of neat sounding stories, but we actually teach the scriptures. And thereby, we can help you develop 
and grow your faith. Because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. At the end of the program today, as we always do, we'll tell you how to contact us, and you can write down that information and then ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is absolutely free. We'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is write down that information and then get with us either by phone or by email or snail mail if you prefer. And you can go to our website at www.churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com, and click on the email link there, and you can request the Bible study that way. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, and again, it's free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a paper, and a uh, pencil or, and a pen, or a piece of paper ready, and at the end of the program, you can jot down that information. Now today we're going to continue in a study that we began last time talking about the church and how should we understand the church. What is the church here for? Well, why is the church here on this earth? The church was established on this earth to proclaim the hope of the gospel to a humanity in desperate need of forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. Now there may be some people out there who would say, well, I don't really need forgiveness. <laughs> you sure do. And if the devil has deluded you into believing that you don't need forgiveness, then you really are in need of forgiveness. Because the scriptures are repetitive in telling us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, such as Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Or earlier in Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10, there is there's none righteous. No, not one. And we could look at other passages of Scripture that say essentially the same thing. Every one of us outside of Christ is in need of forgiveness. And even in Christ, John the Apostle writes in 1 John chapter 1 that we still, when we make mistakes, when we sin, we need to come to our Father in repentance and confession and seek his forgiveness. So God has blessed us with the opportunity and the avenue through which we can be forgiven of our sins. When Ananias was sent by our Lord to teach Saul of Tarsus, who would subsequently become a Christian and later be appointed by the Lord himself as a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ, Ananias came to him and said, Brother Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. So you see, the gospel has been given to us to teach us how to be forgiven and how to come to our Lord for forgiveness and through him to come to God. We can be saved. There may be people out there who think, you know, just the opposite of the one who says, you know, I don't really need forgiveness, self-delusion. There are others out there who might be saying, I don't think I can be forgiven. I don't, I've been so bad, my life has been so horrible that I don't think I can be forgiven. Well, let me assure you that if you are ready to repent of your sins and turn to God through Jesus, you can be forgiven. You can be saved. You can look forward to eternal life in heaven. Now, it all comes back to the church 
because the church is here to teach the gospel of, of salvation through Jesus Christ. When Jesus was ready to ascend back into heaven, he told his apostles, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. So the church is not a social club, though it certainly has social characteristics in that we are to be individuals saved in Christ who can encourage one another and strengthen one another in our faith as we come together to worship and study God's word. The church is not a business, though it must do business just to function in our society. The church is a bastion, a, it is a haven for the saved in a, lost, in a world that is lost and without hope. After the church was established, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, we find that the very last verse in that chapter, that the Lord added to the church daily, or day by day, those who were being saved. So the church is that bastion, or that haven for the saved. Now, some people think they don't need the church. But when you look at that particular verse of Scripture, it tells us that it is into the church that the Lord adds those who come to salvation. Now, just by using logical reasoning and deduction, it's easy, it's clear as can be to understand that there are no saved outside of the church. The church is there for the saved and to teach the lost how to be saved. In fact, the church is referred to variously as the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. How could we hope to be with our Lord without being in his body, which is the church, or without being a part of his bride, which is the church? So the church is here for specific reasons and very, very important reasons. It is in Christ where forgiveness and salvation is found. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 and verse, verses 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So it is in Christ where we find salvation, where there is no condemnation. And of course, no condemnation means salvation. But it is for those who are truly walking by the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Now, walking by the Spirit does not mean that they're speaking in tongues or that they're performing some kind of miracles. It simply means you're walking by the teachings of God's Word which was written down by men who were inspired by God through the Holy Spirit to write his very word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And Peter talks about it as well, that there is no prophecy that is, except all prophecy comes by, by uh, the Holy Spirit, men who were moved by the Holy Spirit to, 
to give that prophecy. So the word of God is here by virtue of God guiding his selected writers to, got to write down what he guided them to write down through the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we read that all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Now, so you see, being in Christ is key. It is fundamental. When we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we look at beginning with verse 17. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now that word reconciled means to be brought back into a right relationship with somebody or something. In this case, it's talking about being reconciled to God. Now it takes a little bit of thought to realize the depth of what this particular uh, principle is trying to get across as laid out for us here. When mankind sinned, going all the way back to the garden, he lost part of his relationship with God because sin separates us from God, Isaiah writes. And so when mankind sinned, then that separated him, at least to a degree, from God. And so it is only through forgiveness and redemption in Christ that we can be reconciled or brought back into a right relationship with God. And again, only through Christ. So Paul says all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, the ministry of reconciliation is simply the gospel ministry or the Christian ministry, teaching the gospel, because it is through the gospel that we can learn how to be forgiven of our sins and how to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. He goes on in verse 19 and he says, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And once again, that word of reconciliation is simply the gospel of Christ. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, Paul goes on to say, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, what an incredible statement that is in that last verse, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Jesus, who was absolutely perfect as he lived in human form on this earth, sinless, never committed sin, the, the absolute perfect example for us, he also became the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice offered by God 
on our behalf so that he could bear our sins on his body as he hung on that cross, paying the price for our guilt of sin. He did all of that for us. And of course, God's love is behind all of that. We go back to John 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now the opposite of that, both of these statements found in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, is the wages of sin is death. Now there's the reality. You see, that's why we must be reconciled to God, because sin has separated us from him. And we can look at other passages of scripture and come to understand that heaven is a place for the righteous, and we can only be counted righteous through Christ. There is going to be no sin allowed into heaven. No, nothing that is vile or corrupt. So we must be forgiven of our sins. We must be reconciled to God. And so there's the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We come into Christ. So we must come to God through Christ. And since it is in Christ where there is no condemnation, and then obviously salvation is in Christ, since it is in Christ where all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are found, and if it, since it is in Christ that we become a new creation, and the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, we need to understand that we must come into Christ. And we can only do that in the way prescribed by God in his word. Now, if we went back to Romans chapter 6, and we looked at verse 3, the apostle Paul tells us exactly the means by which God has laid out for us to come into Christ. He says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Now, there's no way to do away with what Paul said there. There's no way to explain it away. There's no way to try to diminish successfully what it means. Paul said, as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Now, that's how we get into Christ. And Paul wrote it down not just once, but he wrote it down twice. Now, if he wrote it down once as an inspired writer of God's word, that's enough. When God says something once, that's, that's it. There, he doesn't need to say it again. He doesn't need to repeat himself over and over again. But he actually guided Paul to write it down again in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. And there he says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now again, very direct statement, clear-cut, simply put, and easy to understand. Somebody has to really work and go through a lot of mental gymnastics to try to 
explain away the clear-cut, easy-to-understand meaning of what Paul writes in these verses as to coming into Christ. There's no way to do it successfully and truthfully. But there, it simply, if we just accept what he says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, since it is in Christ where forgiveness, salvation, eternal life is found, Romans chapter 8, verse one, verses 1 and 2, and it is in Christ where we find all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, Ephesians 1 and verse 3, and since it is in Christ where we become a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, and it is in Christ where we find the gift of God of eternal life, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, then we can be thankful that God has also told us how to come into Christ, and that is by being baptized into Christ. And the word baptism there means immerse, plunge, dip, bury. Bury is a really good synonym for what the word really means in the Greek completely submerge. That's what real New Testament baptism is. It is not sprinkling or pouring. That was Those were devisings by man to make things simpler on, in their mind. But that's not what the scriptures teach. That's not real, true baptism. Baptism is immersion in the water. And that's what the word literally means. In fact, a much more accurate, literal translation of the word is immerse. Immerse. Bapt the word baptize is simply a transliteration. It is not a true translation. The translation, most correctly, would be immerse. And so as we are baptized into Christ, immersed into Christ, that's how we come into him where salvation is found, and all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are found, and how, where we find how we can be made a new creation, and where we find the gift of eternal life, all in Christ. Now, in our next program, we're going to start to look at how the church figures into this. As we said, the church is here on this earth as a haven for the saved, and also as a teacher to teach the lost how to come to salvation. In Christ, let's see how the church relates to being in Christ. And we'll begin to look at that in our next program. Now, just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Write down that information, and then get with us, and ask for that free Bible study. And it will teach you along these lines that we're studying right now. And you can also learn a great deal more. The study is free. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And we'll take care of the postage in both cases. We hope to hear from you right away.